Hello and welcome to Progressive Palaver, a group of lifelong friends and appreciators of music discussing the greatest progressive rock bands album by album. I'm Joe Beauclair, and on this very special episode of Progressive Palaver, I'm joined by my very good friends Tom Corcoran and Ken Gregory as we have the opportunity to interview founding Yes member Tony Kay. Welcome to a very special episode of Progressive Palaver as we are joined by an icon of progressive rock. Our guest has performed with bands such as Badger, Detective, Circa, Yoso, and Badfinger, while also appearing on tracks with the likes of John Wetton and Murray Head. He's featured in the most recent episode of Shine On Hollywood Magazine. He's a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, almost synonymous with the Hammond organ, and of course, a founding member of Yes. We are honored to be speaking with Tony Kay. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. It's uh, my pleasure, and that's quite a history. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I can live up to that. You, you certainly have. And and before we got started, we we were we were starting to get into the the, the two shows that Ken and uh, our other friend Paul and I saw with uh, you performing with Yes in Philadelphia for the Yes Fifty tour um, back in July. And, um, you know, we, we did special episode podcasts about those shows in particular. And one of the things that we, we went into with that and, you know, was the, the palpable increase in energy in the, in the hall when you got <laughs> on stage with the, with the band. It was amazing. I loved it so much. Really? Yeah, it was, it was palpable. You felt I mean, that. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, we all did. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I kind of felt it too, especially uh, especially in Philadelphia. You know, Philadelphia has a kind of special. We started there. That's how it all began, really, in the in the late '60s. So it it has a special place uh, in my heart, and uh, it was just great. I mean, I felt the 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 energy of of the fans. You know, the fans in Philadelphia. I mean, what what. What can you say? I mean, it's uh, it's it's definitely very very special. So yeah, I mean, it was a special night. Although, you know, people had said up until that point, people had said that uh, that they felt that too. You know, maybe it's because I kind of started with the band, and uh, you know, and the band was playing so well and it was it was great to come back to come on at the at at the end and play those old yes tracks that uh you know that we started with there was a lot of ingredients to that tour and that night yeah those were uh those were were really really special shows and you know when, when that tour was announced um you know it was it was sort of a given that uh we here at the palaver would attend you know whatever shows were available in philadelphia just because that's where we come from and we got a real bonus obviously getting two shows as well as the uh, the fan fest so that was uh, that was a very special time and it was it was special to be able to participate in that with you and and you know like you said i think you know we growing up in philadelphia i don't know if we at the time understood how special maybe philadelphia is for progressive rock but certainly me living here in texas um 
I've come to <laughs> I've come to appreciate that dramatically. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, just you know, I'm sure you you've told the story you know a, a gazillion times, but but maybe how did it come about? Well, actually, I can I can probably guess how it came about that that you were sort of invited um, to participate in in the the 50th anniversary of the band that you helped start. Well, you know, I I really wasn't expecting it. I mean, it it was really a complete uh, surprise. Kind of followed the band, you know. I followed both bands in a way, you know. I, I'd been retired for such a long time. In that retirement, I had um, a band with Billy, who Billy Sherwood, who you know, when when Chris died, became the in the band so it wasn't like a complete you know shock really right uh because of the connection uh that i had and and of course uh jay the drama the new drummer for the band who who does most of the show um i i have known jay you know since he was 18 the surprise was I, I really hadn't seen Steve in uh, 40 years. Oh, wow. I didn't know Jeff, and I hadn't seen Alan in, in a long time. So, you know, the, the, the old guys that I played with and, and grew up with and I hadn't seen in a long time, the, the new Jay, John, and Billy, uh, you know, I see all the time. You know, nevertheless... When I got the call from uh, from Steve, it was uh, it was kind of a surprise. <laughs> I didn't really know, you know, what to think. And uh, you know, thankfully they uh, they didn't want me to do the entire show. And uh, happily, you know, I could come and you know do those great yes tracks from uh, from the old days. So so the call came from Steve. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, all right. And and Steve, um, Steve and I got on really well on the tour. He he's such a gentleman, and he's so you know doing doing his thing. <laughs> I mean, what can, he really is, and and of course the music. I mean, you know, I was part of ninety one two five and Trevor and 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 all of that. But even even though I, I I wasn't in the band in the seventies, that music, those albums, really resonate with me. I love that music, and um, and that's what this this yes band plays. You know, a combination of of the seventies and the and the and the the early stuff of the uh, when when we started. So now one two five was great. We had a great time. It was an, an amazing an, an amazing uh, big tour and all, all the rest of it. I, I heard it was kind of big. I, <laughs> there was some kind yeah. of I don't know some concert video or something. I, I don't know. It was a special time, and and you know the band was digging it. It was great. Travel's great. Uh, John was uh, having a great time. It was just a, a very special time, and of course, it was a it was an album that was for the eighties, and um, we wore ridiculous clothes, and, um, and it was <laughs> it was the end. Uh, let's let's talk about that for just a second, because that's something I've always kind of wondered. I mean, were you were you sort of wardrobed for that, or or was that just what you guys 
picked out for yourselves? I mean, because there there seemed to be sort of themes around the whole thing. There were themes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Trevor was in leather, and John was uh, well. I, I don't know what you could say about John. He's in white, <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, exactly. Unfortunately, uh, for me, as as witnessed with with the uh, with the video, which I think you were refer referring to, not I want to lie. Yeah, um, it was um, two very very hot nights of recording the uh, the show and you know videotaping the show and and i i wore something that i thought was going to be uh, you know be something that was was not going to be too hot previously in other shows i wore these beautiful western texas suits and cowboy boots and looked great but no, <laughs> I had to wear I had to wear ridiculous clothes on the two nights we uh, we shot the show, and still regret it. It 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 was the eighties. I think you just have to embrace it because it it captures perfectly it, what it was. I, yeah, I I don't think it it could have been another way. I think if I'd been in my uh, in my Texas cowboy look, it probably wouldn't have been the same. But it looked it looks horrible. <laughs> I, I don't think it's the worst look on on that particular uh film so we'll, we'll just go with that <laughs> well we won't go into that <laughs> exactly now forgive me guys if if you guys want to jump in here i'm just kind of rolling with this on on our podcast we have we have spent vast amounts of time, perhaps too much amount of time, certainly dissecting um, 90125 and Big Generator. One of the, the themes that we sort of came across from 90125 is this idea of collaborative songwriting and an owner of a lonely heart. I, how did we, what, spent 30 minutes talking about that song alone? And, and where it, it wound up versus where it came from. And you're credited with um, with first songwriting credits on a couple of, of important tracks on Big Generator as well. Can you maybe you know talk to us a little bit about that collaborative process for those albums and and how that particular group approached that? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, th there are different stories. You know, Trevor Horn has a different. Uh, uh, take on on uh, on owner of a lonely heart and you know what what really happened but uh, you can't get into the 9125 thing and discount um, what Trevor did oh, sure. he was he he was really the songwriter and you know the uh, but the process of of leading up to recording that album um, was nine months in a rehearsal studio, going through you know all kinds of different things, but um, but but basically it was, you know, by the time we got into the studio, we had thrashed out most of, except "Own of a Lonely Heart," and I think uh, probably uh, "Leave It." Both of those songs were were studio 
songs. The rest of the album we had played and played and played in a, in a rehearsal studio. And there was a lot of contributions from from Alan and and and, and Chris and myself. You know, Trevor really was the uh, the instigator of most of those songs. Uh, Own of a Lonely Heart was. Uh, actually um something that i found on a on a cassette basically it was just the the guitar riff um which was the main thing about the song um and of course it developed in that sort of 80s Trevor horn way that that you couldn't you couldn't reproduce or you you couldn't produce at another time. It was, you know, he was recording ABC and Frankie Goes to Hollywood and Grace Jones. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was a time in London that actually that song could only have come out of that. And it was the the beginnings of that that drum machine 80s thing. But, uh, yeah. Where we where were we on that question? <laughs> that was wonderful, Tony. This is Ken and Philly. Uh, that, that that was wonderful because um, anyone who is a yes devotee has you know set aside ten minutes on the web to fire up that video with Trevor Horn talking about um, the creation, and, and and you were there for nine hundred two one five and owner of a lonely heart, and and you well, were a I, substantial um, contributor. Yeah, I mean, "Own of a Lonely Heart" was um, a riff, and and um, and samples, you know, and the, those samples were from um, a, a cassette that I had. Of course, we, you know, we had the, the Fairlight in the studio, which was, you know, like a, a million dollars of, of sampling equipment <laughs> that that really no one knew what to do with it. It, it, you know, it, it had cows mewing and mooing and cats mewing and you know <laughs> sheep sounds and and actually the all those sample sounds came from uh, a, a cassette of james brown you know the, <laughs> the horn stabs that were put into yeah all the horn stabs came from uh, from a, a cassette that uh, that i had that we you know decided to download to the fairlight yeah, on the subject um, so, of uh, pr- of uh, of keyboards and percussive keyboards at that, uh, Hearts, you, you have a, a writing credit there, and, th- and there's quite a, a an, an Asian styled lick there with a lot of percussion in it. Right. Yeah. Um, Hearts was written. Um, I wrote the the uh, the. the verses and the the uh the instrumental bit in the middle and trevor wrote the chorus yeah it became sort of a bone of contention with the uh with the singer later on later on in life but you know he said that it you know it was always his favorite song on the album um yeah there, there was quite a lot of uh experimentation actually during that time um and it was a weird thing you know we 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 thought about two or three different producers to uh, to do it. My you know my, I I was working with uh, Bert Langer on Paramania for for Def Leppard, um, re- reproducing guitar parts on keyboards, which was different. and uh, I really wanted much to uh, to produce the album. I, I'm, I'm sorry, and, Tony, uh, can, can I stop you there for just a second? <laughs> 
Did did you uh-huh. say you were working with Mutt Langer on Pyromania? Right. Yeah. At the same at the same time, we were we were uh, doing the uh, doing Nano One Two Five. I was working with Mutt, and he he basically had multi track guitar parts for Pyromania. And he, he, you know, one of the one of the great things about Mutt is that uh, uh, he has these amazing ideas. you know, especially back then, and he thought putting analog synth under—that's why there are no keyboard credits on the album—underneath the guitars and multi-tracking them would make the guitars sound bigger. And uh, so uh, we spent laborious hours uh, tracking um, Oberheim synths behind the guitar on 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 Armenia. It was a great idea, and uh, uh, I, you know, he's Mud is just the greatest. He was so into. you know, he wrote and really that album was was his baby. So there was no way we were going to get away from uh, from that album. Well, Trevor Horn does cite uh, Mutt Lang Intimidation as one of his uh, inspirations for 90215. He 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 had to make it wonderful, he said, because the pressure was on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, good. You facilitated good pressure. (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. But of course, Trevor was doing, um, you know, amazing things with, uh, with, you know, bands like ABC and Frankie and, uh, you know, so he was, he was, he was doing things that certainly, uh, certainly Chris was, uh, was, was very, very much into doing a completely different album, and fortunately, all the uh, all the parts came together in in that time and in those two years, uh, um, to to make that album. Wow! Um, so, with your uh, songwriting credits during that period, um, let's jump to Big Generator and Rhythm of Love. You're listed first. Do, do, do you want to take a first credit on that piece? Uh, yeah, I mean it was it was something that I uh, in rehearsal I I started and uh, you know made made demos of and then Trevor and I made demos of uh, you know what what I can't understand is from all the great tracks on that album that the uh, the other Yes Band now in two thousand and eighteen play that track yeah because yep. it's that good it's it's wild good <laughs> <laughs> i well i i think there are better tracks on uh, on big generator i i actually like big generator um album um i do this i mean there's some great tracks on the i'm running and i mean uh in big generator i mean they're the great tracks I I mean I don't know why they decided to keep on playing that, but you know that's up to, maybe John just likes singing oh. it. Up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I, I I think there are um, three part vocals that work. There's a bit of a conversation in the middle that kind of works with three vocal parts. It's nice. Um, but um, talk about the vibe. Um, but it has shoot a high. terrible. 
it shoot high yeah i mean it 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 has a terrible title yeah rhythm uh, rhythm of love i mean <laughs> what i'm sorry but what does that no no i mean i'm running and big generator they're very cool tracks yeah you're listed second on big generator that, that that's a really cool one there yeah um shoot high shoot high yeah Al alan and i were the instigators of uh shoot high so uh for the first time i, I found the, the bootleg from uh from the uh from the tour that we did the big generator tour in uh chile i think have you seen that i, I have not i have you can you it's just, a, it's a, a lot a, of stuff. It, You've got to, yeah. It's it's on YouTube. You've got to you've got to check it out. It's really good, and it, I mean, it 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 was never recorded that show really. And this this bootleg from Chile is the is the only um, production that that I found, and it's it's really good. Um, and of course, Billy's on that tour too, which was the first time that you know I played with Billy. Oh, sure. Um, we all saw you in oh, Nash Nashville, tour. of all yep. places, 1994. Yep. Um, yeah, even though we're in different parts of the country, the Palaver uh, meets up when we can, when we can uh, afford it. And uh, we saw Yes in outdoors in Nashville, and 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 you were there, and Billy was there. It was, it was quite interesting. Wow! Um, and we had the chimneys. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember <laughs> the chimneys. <laughs> you don't remember the chimneys behind the drum? I, I really don't. I, I only the only thing I remember the, about that stage was that little area that you kept Billy locked in at the, the back right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was a little area at the back that Billy uh, was not allowed to uh, stray from. <laughs> and there was a little area sort of behind me that John had this keyboard set up quite sure what happened there and the show went on from uh for quite a while after that and and it developed to all kinds of strange things naked girl um dancing in a tube at the back of the stage was that, okay was oh. that in there <laughs> no no <laughs> no i think no, i would have remembered that <laughs> yeah that was uh, a naked cousin dancing in a tube at the back of the stage. It's quite something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you mentioned Billy, which is a great segue to Circa. Yeah, and, yes. and somewhere around 2007, you reunited with Alan. So how is that energy, just, just making Circa happen for the first time? Oh, so you know, Circa was great i mean uh billy has so much energy it's be you know beyond belief and he made he made everything happen and uh he he dragged me out of retirement you know i had a um my hammonds set up in a in a storage locker and uh and he just kind of i i i couldn't even say no <laughs> he, he just dragged me out there and, and and we started writing and playing and he's you know he's such a great bass player i mean you know he's he's just amazing to play with and uh of course he's a great drummer 
plays keyboards, guitar. It's fantastic guitar player. You know, why? Yeah, he's just you know, he's just an amazing uh, musician. And it you know, it just kind of developed from there. And then Alan, I guess yes, when not doing anything at the time and, and Alan joined the band and um, and you know the first album and and of course the uh, the uh, the the video of the of the first gig when we did that whole yes medley thing absolutely which was uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous 40 minutes of um, of trying to remember what the hell to play. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, you, you, mas you mastered the Yes catalog in that period. And, and to, you know, um, you, you played on Parallels recently on the Chris Squire tribute and Life in Yes. And, and so clearly you, you have roots in, in the material. Like you said, you, you love the early uh, material, uh, even, even the stuff you didn't record. Oh, I, I, I love those albums. And, uh, um, it was there was kind of talk of of, of maybe uh, of doing relay, which would have been great with uh, with Patrick, because I mean Patrick in uh, Philadelphia was quite something. Um, he didn't really get to uh, you know play and shine on that uh, on the live shows that those two nights, but but it was great to uh, it, it was great to see him again. And he's fantastic. It would be, uh, at, you know, at some point, maybe Relayer can be uh, revisited with this band. It would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? That would be amazing. It yeah. Would be, yeah. Very cool. <laughs> and, and your recent contributions go beyond Billy's projects. Um, you did Yours is No Disgrace for Dave Kersner yesterday and today. Um, so, so you're connected with uh, kind of the young prog crowd. It's pretty cool. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you know. Uh, your nose is a disgrace. Is uh, is is a, a perennial that will, will keep on uh, keep on going. Um, we are going to do no experience necessary coming up, Ooh. coming up for the uh, for the cruise, which I don't think has been performed by anyone. Well, I don't know in a long time. Maybe you could tell me. Uh, well, Friend of the Palaver, the uh, tribute band that uh, opened for you in Philadelphia, uh, they dusted that one off and brought it out. They did, yeah. Joey, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Joey's a lot of fun. Joey's a lot of fun. Good band, actually. Good band. You guys, yeah, you know, we were, we, we were you know, in in attendance for uh, most of that show and you and, and the rest of, of yes official really seemed to be enjoying that as well. That was, that was really kind of neat to see. Well, we promised the night before we promised, um, uh, in the, in the bar of the hotel at about one o'clock in the morning that we would definitely come and see him. No problem. We would definitely, you know, until we found out that he was on at what time, 11 or something. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Something ridiculous. And, we were still uh, eating brunch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were dragging us out of bed, uh, you know, at 10 o'clock the next morning to to go see uh, Joey's band. And I got down there, and of course, uh, Patrick uh, was already there. He was, he was, 
raring to go. And uh, yeah, so it it was fun. And then so the band opened up at about twelve. Of course, you know I've known Joey since he was a little boy. Where it's uh, to encourage him to do what he's doing is just amazing. Really, um, I think he was seven when I met him. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah yeah that band's a lot of fun I, I drove all the way from new jersey to new york on friday rush hour to to, to see uh, a total mass retain it was worth every every moment of the trip <laughs> of course they're doing yes material that uh that's never played anymore you know no no nobody both bands in fact i think really that morning uh was sort of inspirational to uh, Steve too, because um, yeah, a couple of couple of weeks ago he phoned and said, "How do you fence doing no experience necessary?" <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Oh, wonderful. Right. Well, um, that really wasn't uh, you know his time. Mm-hmm. Tony, this is uh, Tom in LA. I had a yeah. a couple questions about the. Um, beginning years of yes but uh, while we were um in some of the later years uh, uh or not maybe mid-years if you will uh i just had a quick question about the the union tour you know um so many uh, of you guys had said that it was such a fun tour you know one of the most fun tours that you guys had ever been a part of um how was it like touring with everyone from yes yeah it was just a bit of it was kind of a weird, uh, weird experience in that it, it, it could have gone horribly wrong, um, you know, because of the way that it was set up, the way that the, the Union album came about, and the two factions that were, you know, the, the West Coast, yes, and the, and the East Coast, yes, whatever it was called. And, you know, it could have been uh, kind of a disaster, really. And everyone kind of playing Bill on, on electronic drums and all the rest of it. And it actually was really um, enjoyable tour. And uh, every, everyone just got on well with each other, you know, and... Um, and we, uh, Rick and I had previously never met, so that was weird. And Steve and Trevor had never met. Either. Oh, actually, they had right with uh, with Asia, the beginning of Asia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's there's so always they, that that yeah. that urban myth that uh, that Trevor was supposed to be in Asia with with them. He was. was. That's yeah. Okay, there until, you go. Until he picked up the guitar. <laughs> he, was, he, he was supposed to be the singer, not the guitar player. Oh. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, maybe the hardest thing within the band was the uh, the two guitars. But but, but everything else was uh, fantastic. And the, and the band, after a while, really did uh, well. And considering that we were actually told at the beginning that that it could have been a very iffy tour, you know, in terms of uh, um, people coming to see it. Um, it was a, a, a major, you know, major tour. 
that that's really good to hear because having all of you guys together, like you said, things could have gone a different way. And it, it just, it sounds like there was a really great vibe there. Yeah. You know, I mean, apart from, uh, Chris and John, the, the, the rest of the, um, you know, the instrumentals, instrumentalists in the band, um, in a, in a lot of ways, the pressure was released. I mean, it can be, um, it, it can be a, pre- a pressure situation playing yes music live on stage. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that, uh, that goes down, you know, Rick and I found a way because, you know, I, I like to play Hammond and, he, you know, he, he's got all the other stuff going. And uh, we, you know, we found a way of making it easy on each other, you know, which was kind of nice for us, you know, because it, uh, it, it can be a, a, a little bit of a pressure situation. And, it, it, you know, with eight people up there, it kind of, re, you know, released that, which was which was good. Made made for a happy tour. Super. Tony, I was wondering if we can go back a few years, actually 1970, if we could. <laughs> and um, there is a performance I wanted to ask you about. Yes, performed uh, at the, uh, the Queen Elizabeth Hall in London in, in 1970, and you played with an orchestra. And I was wondering if you could, uh, if you had any memories about that that you'd like to share, because that was uh, pivotal. Uh, performance for for you guys yeah i mean I, I you know i don't really remember too much about it i i do remember that the john you know was very john's into orchestras and, and, and sounds and, and you know and uh he he really was the one that was pushing that orchestra thing you know, and uh, there was a lot about the band at, at the time. And I guess if you if you watch earlier videos of, of of the band, you know, Peter and I were not exactly into that stuff. I do remember the 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 only real really thing about about the Queen Elizabeth Hall that I remember was that, it, that the A, it was Queen Elizabeth Hall, which was like, you know, not exactly uh, the kind of places, <laughs> kind of places that we, <laughs> we, 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 we used to play in. And with the, uh, with the London, what, what was it anyway, the London Symphony Orchestra? I, I believe so, yes. Yeah, I think it was. And, um, the only the only thing that I really remember, no one really had an idea how to mic them up to record them. <laughs> I believe that it was, and I remember microphones hanging from the ceiling, mm-hmm. which I guess the way that they were recorded in a studio, but um, you know, but not live. So it, I, yeah, that's really all I remember about. Mm. Tony, what what are some of your best memories from that era of of Yes? The early days. Yes. Um, you know, I I guess I guess playing with a band that was um, you know trying to play new new music, and you know playing with uh, playing with Peter. Peter and I were 
a bit of a team back then um, was where they wanted to get rid of us because it was a rock and roll band. We were we were a rock and roll team. It was definitely a, 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 a time where we were trying to play new music. You know, we only played real other people's songs and, you know, with the S arrangements. Yeah, Tony, you and Peter Banks, I'm thinking of uh, Everyday, Stephen Stills' song, but when Yes got a hold of it, it just it just rocked. Um, <laughs> you want to say anything about your interpretation of Stephen Stills? I, I mean, it wasn't that. It's, uh, you know, the Beatles and uh, West Side Story and uh, Simon and Garfunkel and... Uh, um, What's uh, um, no experience necessary? Uh, oh yeah, that's a that's a, a state song. Yeah. Who was that? Who was the original singer? I've, I've kind of forgotten. Richie Havens. Richie, who we performed with, at, at, you know, at a festival in uh, in England, and uh, and of course with uh, you know the theme from Big Country, and uh, you know most of yes music was. Uh, in interpreting the, uh, other people's music in a kind of a, a, a wild way. Um, you know, I, I remember um, we hadn't really played, we'd played to a few people, we, you know, played the marquee and, and whatever. Uh, but we did this gig at um, a club called Blazes. And um, Sly and Family Stone was supposed to play that night and we live around the corner we we all kind of live together in you know apartments just around the corner and um our manager was the uh he was the uh, the manager of uh, the speakeasy so it was all kind of you know club incestuous thing going on anyway um sly in his inimitable way uh, didn't turn up and, um, of course, everyone wanted to see Sly, so everyone was there. Paul McCartney was there, Mick Jagger was there, <laughs> a lot of, um, you know, people <laughs> that we were certainly uh, in, in awe of. And um, so they phoned us up, and, um, and we replaced Sly in the Family Stone. And of course, we were only playing other people's tracks, West Side Story, Every Little Thing, Stephen Stills, and or you know all those tracks so i think it was that was almost the beginning of the um, of the notoriety you know became yes if that makes sense <laughs> of course yeah yeah you're a cover band to the stars it's, it's a role to play cover band yeah just happened to be everyone wanted to see sly <laughs> and they got us <laughs> you were on a roll there tom oh yeah go ahead did, tom. You, did you get all your questions i lo love hearing about those those early years uh, I, I know you guys did sweet dreams uh during the um the talk tour and how how was that um doing a song that you did in the beginning and playing that in the um later generation of yes that has a connection to me because that was co-written by David Foster, who I had, you know, the band after I left Yes with Badger. That was uh, um, David Foster was my uh, partner in crime in, in that band. 
And uh, yeah, brought back, back a lot of memories actually of the very early collaboration between John and David Foster, which was the you know uh, time in a world sweet dreams. There's a story that's told, Tony, um, that after you guys recorded Time and a Word, that the record label wasn't totally happy with it. They, they wanted a little bit more of a, a commercial sound. And what is an incredible story, if you look at the Yes album, uh, Yours is No Disgrace and Starship Trooper are, are longer songs and that you really morphed into the uh, progressive rock Yes that, that we hear today. I'm, I'm wondering, uh, A, is that even true? Or did, was there um, any sort of conversation with the record label after Time in a Word? And if it is, when you guys were writing a song like Yours is No Disgrace, were you having commercial sensibilities in mind? Or is it just something you guys just let go? Yeah, you know, there was no, there were, there were no commercial sensibilities going on at all there uh, um <laughs> we were we we were locked in uh in in the in the little country house down in devon that became steve and still is steve steve still lives there um but i i think that i think that was an attempt at um you know, there was a certain, uh, I, you know, I don't want to put it down or anything, but uh, there was a certain tweeness in uh, in those kind of tracks. We were doing other people's songs in 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 a in a very sort of out there sort of rock and roll sort of jazzy, you know, whatever way. But there was. Certain tweeness about uh, sweet dream time in a word, you know. I can't really remember anything else, but um, there was probably an effort when we got into rehearsing the Yes album of, of you know, of, of I don't even remember the progressive music or the progressive term was even used then. But you know, we were influenced by. Um, Emerson and uh, General Giant and other bands that were, you know, sort of uh, mm. music was pretty tough, actually. Yeah. Super. Well, Tony, we know um, we're, we're getting about on the hour here. I know you have to get going. Joe and Ken, is there anything else you wanted to chat about? Well, absolutely. The uh, Shine on Hollywood article. So, uh, mm-hmm. Tony, um, uh, you know, any Palaver listeners, uh, we want to direct them to this article because it looks like it turned out very well. Are, are you happy with it? Um, I haven't read it. <laughs> well, you're you consume you consume several pages in Shine On but, Hollywood magazine, and and I I feel that I, I think heard JC that, Gaffer did a good job. Uh, <laughs> I I heard that um, that it was quite revealing, and. Uh, uh, they did. Uh, they did a fantastic job with it. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was sort of a surprise to me, and it, it was something my my um, my lovely wife um, Daniela, who who works for the magazine, uh, sprang on me, and um, I I was only I was only too happy to do it. Um, but you have to remember that I 
I've sort of, except for this year, I've been out of the any kind of spotlight or, you know, connection with guests or being on the road or anything. You know, my my life is not really that anymore. To be <laughs> thrust into uh, into that kind of expose, you know, it's kind of uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Arnold uh, Garcia, who owns the uh, the the uh, the magazine, an amazing job. I mean, the uh, the, the timeline of, of of the band that that he you know worked so hard on it is amazing. Of all the different people that have been in the in the band, <laughs> yeah, the timeline it looks beautiful too. So yeah, it's recommended. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a great magazine. They did a great job, and uh, and I I have to thank uh, you know uh, Daniela for putting all of that together. She did an amazing, uh, uh, especially at the time that she did it. We were moving. We are moving um, different states, so uh, it was not an easy thing for her to put together. Oh. Okay, best of luck in your move. Uh, thank you for making time for us while you've got that chaos going on. <laughs> so, 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 Tony, you know, before we finish up here, and and I do obviously want to to echo the the sentiments and 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 just express tremendous gratitude for you taking time out of your schedule to uh, to talk to us, as well as thank you, obviously, for all of the the wonderful listening moments that you provided us throughout our lives. But, um, you know, I wanted to give you the opportunity. Is there anything that, you know, any particular project or anything that you have going on right now that you might want to let our listeners know about that we can, you know, point them in, in whatever direction you'd like? Well, um, pretty much this year, you know, they, uh, I was only really going to be um, part of this yes thing, um, you know, because it was the 50th anniversary, but, um, but apparently they liked it so much, they've asked me back. Awesome. Yay! Super. So, <laughs> Great news. Good job. <laughs> so I will be pretty much doing this, the same thing. Um, I think we're uh, performing the entire Yes album in Japan, sure. only in Japan. <laughs> but um, but I think the rest of the year in Europe and in in America, we're going to be uh, doing some different uh, different tracks. And uh, so it looks like um, I'm I'm going to be back and back on the road with the. Uh, with the Yes Boys again, which uh, which is always fun, and uh, th- th- we had such a great time this year that uh, you know it's it's going to be great. And it, and it looks like Palaver's then going to Japan because we want to <laughs> <laughs> pack your bags, gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pack your bags. And also on for my for my own thing, you know my. Uh, a project that has been very dear to my heart, which um, which is out uh, in in a particular um, video form, because I got into uh, into doing video was um, was a, a piece of music that I did for the uh, for nine eleven, and um, called the end of innocence, and uh, it's all about that day. The video is actually out on youtube but i'm going to release the uh the music in the next year probably by next september 
So kind of excited that that's going to um, be actually an album. It's pretty wow, cool. That's, that that's exciting. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to link that on the uh, the show notes for this. Yeah, end of innocence. It's um it's on uh, on YouTube. End of innocence, and it's it's a little primitive in its because it's kind of, it was kind of the beginning five years ago of of. Uh, um, my editing exploits, but it uh, it goes through the um, the day of nine eleven, which is which is always uh, you know um, important. Absolutely, it's one thing I'll I'll never ever forget. Yeah. So All right there well, you go. That's the next year. That Tony, that that is exciting, and I am on the edge of my seat. I can't wait to see uh, to figure out what city that I will be traveling to um, to see you guys with with my buddies here. That's going to be summer. great. Okay, in the summer, come to Philadelphia. That's always the uh... <laughs> it, it it is the best place to see. Yes, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yep. indeed. Yes. Hey, I'll see you there. Um, <laughs> Please introduce yourself to me. Come back and we will uh, we will chat. Absolutely, Tony. We we um, yeah we we will definitely take you up on that because you know this is this is what we do. We talk uh, we talk progressive rock and we love to uh, to get together and talk late in the night about a show that we just saw. So getting the opportunity to sit down with you in person would be absolutely fantastic. That sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> Tony, all right, guys. Thank you. I, I thank can't you. thank you very well. much. You have a great Cheers. day. Cheers. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. Here we go. Bye. Thank you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this very special episode of Progressive Palaver. I can't express enough my my awe and my gratitude at being able to spend some time speaking with Tony Kay about his time in Yes and and all of his experiences throughout the years. It was it was truly inspiring being able to to speak with him and and you know ask him some of the questions that we had on our minds that came up throughout our consideration of of his body of work you know it was really really great to hear about his project the end of innocence and i very much look forward to that you know moving ahead as well as you know looking back on the conversation just some of the insights he was able to provide about the beginning of yes and and their brand of, of progressive rock, the the rebirth of Yes in the early 80s and all that that entailed. For me personally, you know, the, the whole idea about him, you know, playing a role in Tef Leopard Pyromania, I, you know, it, it's, it's, it's stories like that, that just people like, like Tony have a broad impact and you, you don't always know where it is. But that was very, very impressive. And I was very excited to hear that Tony's going to be joining Yes Official on the road in 2019. So I very much look forward to seeing that. And uh, hopefully we will get a chance to catch up with him when uh, when they're in Philadelphia. So 
we, we certainly look forward to any feedback you may have regarding this interview or any other episodes that we have. So please reach out to us through all of the normal channels. And that would be Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are at ProgPala on all of those or search for Progressive Palaver, or you can email us. Our email address is progpala at gmail.com. Progressive Palaver is, as always, available for download and subscription through both Apple and Google, and hopefully through Spotify by the time you hear this. And we are, as always, hosted on SoundCloud. So until next time, thank you for listening.